0: This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. My name is Todd Willits, and I'm joined by EPFR's economist, Cameron Brandt. We'll walk you through what our teams were monitoring last week in the data EPFR tracks as well as what we'll look for in the upcoming week cam good morning uh, we're a quarter into the year now officially
1: yeah hard hard to believe, <laughs> especially since last year seemed to go on forever
0: it does seem like it was uh the last year was a long decade doesn't it? So let's jump into it. Uh, This is our Q1 recap. So what, what do you think is the biggest story or narrative that came out of this first quarter?
1: Well, while the, the sort of broad narrative was, uh, you know, uh, the financial world's version of waiting for Godot, which was actually waiting for the great reflation to kick off, um, you know, at the fund level, I think what was a little more interesting was that that the uh, U.S.-China jockeying for um, supremacy and investors' affections continues unabated, uh, even with the change of ownership in the. In in the, in the White House here. Um, and you know, the quarter ended with uh, US dedicated funds very much in the ascendancy. Uh, US equity money market and bond funds took in over $65 billion combined in the final week of the quarter, while money was starting to head out of uh, China equity funds at a pretty brisk clip. Um, In a way, not surprising. uh, China's recovery uh, is pretty well established. um, And uh, perhaps the lesson there is that (laughs) they have given us a preview of how the market may behave when the punch bowl is removed from the U.S. economy. Uh, In the U.S., uh, the stimulus is just just starting to flow, um, adding fuel to an already you know an already solid looking recovery so uh in the short run it certainly makes uh sense to uh buy into the next few months of the u s um but uh you know as we've uh, as we've seen with sort of recent uh Diplomatic sparring and then the still unresolved trade issues, uh, I don't think the U.S. the Sino-U.S. narrative is going to be any calmer this year than it was last
0: year. No, but certainly gives us something to talk about in our Q2, Q3, and Q4 yeah, recap right. episodes. Um, yeah. To, so maybe speak a, uh, just, just for a moment. Uh, you talked about China pulling back the punch bowl. Can you, can you dig into that just a little bit more? That is
1: a sort of a somewhat grand term for cautious signals that, um, uh, which especially emerged out of the national congress, the annual national congress meeting uh, a couple of weeks back, um, that um, the, the recovery is 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 well enough established that some of the more uh, extreme forms of support should be dialed back to prevent uh, systematic market risk. Um, <coughs> now uh Chinese authorities often say this uh in very firm terms. they do tend to be fairly cautious when they do it, but on the other hand, when you know Chinese leadership says they're going to do something, it's a fairly good bet they will at least try it um, um, so uh you know we we will we will have to see uh the the issue i think that they will run into is that uh, you know their uh, rotation towards a uh, a more domestic demand centered economic model um uh is still being fueled by some pretty dramatic uh uh credit fueled spending especially in the real estate area and uh you know even if the global economy wasn't in this really strange place. I think that, you know, there would be bumps along the road if and when they do this.
0: So earlier this year, uh, switching to our, I think, probably our next topic, um, the unicorns in the tech fund world were flying high to start the year. How did the quarter end for those tech funds?
1: Certainly that they were losing momentum at a pretty impressive clip. Um, you know the, the reasons uh, have been pretty well publicized uh, your know, fears that uh, their cost of capital uh, will go up uh, as the us recovery ca- uh, gathers steam, uh, a sense that they've had the best of the post-pandemic in the immediate aftermath, as as people found ways to you know make life at home bearable, uh, and also because there is is a, a, a not unjustified feeling that uh, uh, you know to pay for all of the stimulus that we're seeing around the world, you have to go where the money is, and the money is certainly in the tech funds, or uh, the tech tech world so um it's not a, a stretch to see them uh being more heavily taxed and regulated as, as we move through the next couple of years um, you know, on the other hand, um, they've certainly proved themselves adaptable, and we've had some previous moments where people felt that uh, the tech stocks in general and the Fang stocks in particular had had sort of reached areas where there was no more lift, and they surprised us again. Um, uh, But again, in the short run, it's a very logical rotation. Uh, We have all of this stimulus money flooding into the U.S. economy, and um, the data from factories certainly indicates that uh, they're positioning themselves for an explosion of pent-up demand in the next six
0: months or so. But to be clear, the trend line we're seeing is not headed in a positive direction for these funds. No no it's not so going into q2 we'll certainly keep an eye on yeah. that um let's i think we need to talk about bond funds because that's been a, a major story so um have have those investors been ignoring us rates are they buying the narrative what what's happening
1: yes yeah, so uh, that's a good question the answer is that they aren't ignoring them um but they're sort of Doing the the first line responses rather than really, uh, you know, throwing everything overboard and running for the exits. So we're definitely seeing a rotation from long to short uh, at the sort of uh, at the asset class level. Uh, Inflation protected and bank loan funds uh, are seeing the most consistent inflows and certainly uh, well above historic trend levels. Well, if you say history and certainly sort of the past four or five years um but they haven't completely bailed on on the asset class uh one of my surprises in the final week of the year was that uh european bond funds enjoyed such robust inflows uh, especially given the latest uh lawsuit filed in the german constitutional court uh to try and rein in uh the eu and eurozone's uh plans for um spending uh, and borrowing more money uh that uh you know is is uh, definitely sort of a step in the direction of mutualizing debt something that uh you know the German constitution makes fairly clear it's not supposed to happen let's
0: stay on the debt topic, and I know emerging markets have been uh, a, a, obviously a focus of ours, but are, are investors buying potential with those funds or are they are the actual conditions on the ground justifying their purchases?
1: Good question to ask. They're starting to pay more attention to the facts on the ground rather than the broad potential, um, and what we have started to see recently is um, more attention to uh Sort of ratings for individual markets, and to some degree, the money following those ratings. Um, China bond funds continue to take in money, um, but uh, flows have been a little uh, running at a somewhat lower level in recent weeks, and Chinese regulators seem to have noticed sort of a, a more cautious Uh, approach to their their country's debt and have made a point of signaling that they are going to clamp down on domestic ratings firms so that they start to give more accurate ratings. Um, At the same time, the biggest outflow at the country level was for Columbia bond funds. uh, And that is a market that's very much sort of uh, in the spotlight because of the risk it could lose its uh, investment grade rating. So yes, we're seeing a a more forensic approach to EM investing as we go into the second quarter.
0: So in the upcoming week um, or quarter, what are you and the team working on or looking at?
1: Well, we're continuing to sort of dig into the the broader question uh, of whether the next couple of quarters we'll see uh, a stimulus fueled rebound or whether we are looking at a, you know substantial recovery um that will you know lay the foundations for decent growth uh over the next uh Three or four years. Um, it, that's, this is definitely uh, an issue that is concerning our our clients and prospects. Uh, we, you know, we've been hearing from them that that's something that they're looking into, um, and uh, you know that's certainly a big enough <laughs> topic uh, to keep us occupied. Um, you, we're also continuing to dig into some of the uh, investment vehicles that have traditionally not been our bread and butter, but uh, are coming to prominence in the rather odd circumstances we find ourselves. So hedge funds, collective investment trusts, private equity placements um and you know our especially our quant team is 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 working to sort of connect some of the dots here and and <clears throat> work out the the interplay between these different vehicles and how investors use them and see them great
0: thank you cam have a great week Hi, right, well. Thanks for listening to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. For more information or to suggest a topic for a future podcast, please visit epfr.com podcast.